48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The Health Secretary again announces the annulment of 20,000 vaccine exemption certificates after the law is changed to give him the power to do so. Hong Thai Travel Services suspends the operation of all of its branches until further notice, describing the plight of the travel sector as a dark tunnel with no end in sight. And CLP Power says electricity charge increases are unavoidable. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says thousands of vaccine exemption certificates will again become invalid in two weeks' time. This was revealed in a LegCo paper after the Executive Council yesterday approved an amendment to legislation giving the Minister the power to cancel the exemptions if there were grounds to believe they were issued without proper medical consultation. Professor Lowe said there was reason to believe that this was the case. Damon Pang has more. Last Friday, the High Court granted a challenge to the Health Secretary's attempt to void some 20,000 vaccine exemption certificates issued by seven doctors suspected of issuing them improperly. It ruled that existing anti-pandemic laws did not grant the secretary such power. Officials then chose to change the legislation rather than appeal. The amendments were made under the negative vetting principle, meaning they take effect immediately before going to the legislature for approval. Professor Lowe rejected criticism of the decision from the person who had brought the legal challenge, Kwok Chek Kin, who accused the government of creating a heads-I-win-tails-you-lose situation. It's not whether the government win or someone else win. We have to make sure that uh, it's all the citizens of Hong Kong win in this battle against COVID. The health chief said the case underlines the great importance the government attaches to public health, adding that the administration has a responsibility to ensure that it has sufficient legal grounds to enforce the law. Asked whether changing the law after losing in court had harmed the administration's authority to govern, he said the original intention of the Prevention and Control of Disease Ordinance is to give officials enough power to battle the epidemic. In a written reply to a lawmaker's question, the secretary said the government would closely monitor the issuance of exemption certificates by doctors, firmly follow up if any irregularities are found, and consider declaring the certificates invalid. Professor Lowe noted that police had so far arrested 39 people over the exemption certificates, including six doctors, seven other medical staff and 26 patients. One doctor is still wanted by the police. He said those arrested are suspected of offences, including making a false instrument and conspiracy to defraud. Health officials reported 5,403 new COVID cases today, of which 388 were imported. Seven more patients with COVID have died. Hong Thai Travel says the travel industry is in a dark tunnel as it announced that its branch services, which have been suspended since August, would not resume until further notice. The travel agency said it would keep costs as low as possible until all travel restrictions were lifted. Joanne Wong reports. Let's go, baby! Hong Thai, stand by you. Hong Thai said in the statement it has suspended services at its branches to stay afloat. The travel agency, known for its package tours, said the pandemic has forced many of its staff to leave the industry entirely and that travelers now also prefer to plan their own trips. It did say the government's decision to drop quarantine in favor of three days of medical surveillance last month did bring some hope to the sector, but the measure didn't go far enough. It said the travel industry has entered a dark tunnel with no end in sight. Hong Tai said affected employees will be put on furlough and that it'll run at the lowest cost possible until all border restrictions are dropped. 
COP's, COP Powers Managing Director Chang Tong Kung says electricity charge increases are unavoidable next year amid surging fuel prices. He said the global fuel market was volatile and the energy crisis was worsening because of the war in Ukraine. He said Hong Kong was also affected as the power firm's cost of generating electricity was rising rapidly. He said the company was in talks with the government about the new tariff levels and an announcement would be made later. With such great cost pressure, we expect it's unavoidable that electricity prices will rise next year. However, CLP Power will continue to help our customers to reduce their carbon emissions and lower their expenditure on electricity. Now, the weather mainly fine, dry during the day. Temperatures are ranging between 22 and 27 degrees. Temperatures currently 23 degrees, humidity 76%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Housing Secretary Winnie Ho says she believes the introduction of the light public housing scheme will help phase out subdivided flats. Ms Ho made the comment in an exclusive interview with RTHK a week after Chief Executive John Lee pledged to build 30,000 light public rental flats in the coming five years, with the first batch of 1,000 homes ready for tenants to move into in 2024. Ms Ho said a light rental unit in an urban area will be about five times cheaper to rent than a subdivided flat and will come with much better living conditions. The environment will be more spacious. They will have their own windows, their own bathroom. Each family will have a home of their own. It will be safe and there's also the cheaper rent. I really believe there's no reason for subdivided flats to continue to survive. Research shows that some of the coral growing at 18 out of 19 places around Hong Kong has been bleached, including 33% of the coral at Sharp Island, a water sports hotspot. The Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department, Chinese University and the Baptist University collected the data in August and the study is ongoing. Chinese University marine biologist Apple Choi says it's the second major bleaching event in the SAR since 2017 to have such a major impact. She explains some of the possible causes. Well, I think the bleaching occurred this year was due to elevated seawater temperature for sure, because this year we break a lot of record of very hot summer. As for Sharp Island, this is also a hotspot for a lot of divers, snorkelers, kayakers. Of course, uh, there will be extra stress posed on the corals there. For example, sunscreen, there might be some active ingredients, the chemical compounds. If they get into the water, they may cause coral bleaching. Secretary for Home and Youth Affairs Alice Mack says the government will provide subsidies to NGOs to convert hotels into youth hostels to speed up the process of providing affordable accommodation for young people. She also spoke about the government's plans for a network of volunteers to help the disadvantaged and with the district community work. Here's Vanessa Cheng. Last week's policy address committed the government to providing about 3,000 more hostel rooms for young people within five years. Ms. Mack said converting hotel rooms would be faster than supporting NGOs in building hostels from scratch, as has happened in the past. The minister said the authorities had received positive feedback from the hotel industry, but still needed to discuss details of the plan. People from the hotel industry and the NGOs say it's better to have youth hostels at different spots in urban areas as it's more convenient for young people to commute, but there may be some operational problems. We have to discuss further with the industry. Under the youth hostel scheme, 
Young people pay about 60% of the market rate to rent a room, but John Lee said in his policy speech that tenants would also have to commit to providing volunteer services to the community. Meanwhile, Ms. Max said Chunwan and Southern districts would be the first areas to get service and care teams as a part of the government's goal to have a network of volunteers in each district. To help with community work and offer assistance to the underprivileged. These two districts include characteristics of the Hong Kong community. There are village houses, squatters, buildings without owners' corporations, residents' organizations, or management companies, subdivided flats, old public housing, large housing estates, and low-density residential buildings. Through setting up care teams in these two districts, we can gain the experience and set them up in other districts. She added that she hoped to finish setting up teams in all Hong Kong's 18 districts before the end of next year. Anti-epidemic measures will again be put in place for the Lunar Year Fairs in January, with no food outlets or stalls selling anything but flowers. There will be over 900 of those bidding for which will start next month. Wong reports. The Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, the FEHD, has announced there will only be wet goods stores for flower growers. At the 15th fest, it will run across Hong Kong from January the 16th to the 22nd. In a statement, it said under the epidemic, it remains the case that the 2023 fest will not provide dry goods stores. It said there won't be any fast food stores either to avoid increasing the risk of virus transmission through removing masks for eating. There have been no food stores at the Chinese New Year Fest since 2021. All store workers must be fully vaccinated against COVID. They are also required to take a rapid antigen test before the start of the fest and every three days during their week-long operation. The FEHD said a total of 922 stores will be put up for auction in batches starting on November the 9th. International News and Britain's new leader Rishi Sunak has faced his first Prime Minister's questions in Parliament. Mr Sunak faced opposition questions about the reappointment of Suella Braverman as Home Secretary less than a week after she resigned for sending official documents from her personal email account. Mr Sunak defended his decision to bring her back. The Home Secretary made an error of judgment, but she recognised that. She raised the matter and she accepted her mistake. And that's why, that's why I was delighted to welcome back into a united cabinet that brings experience and stability to the heart of government. And let me tell you, Mr Speaker, what the Home Secretary will be focused on. She'll be focused on cracking down on criminals, on defending our borders. Party opposite remains soft on crime and in favour of unlimited immigration. The United States, Japan and South Korea have warned that if North Korea conducts a nuclear bomb test, their response will be unparalleled in scale. The country's deputy foreign ministers have been meeting in Tokyo to discuss how to respond to the growing threat posed by the North. BBC's Jane McKenzie reports from Seoul. For months, the US, South Korea and Japan have been warning that the North is ready to conduct its seventh nuclear test and promising they'll respond with force never seen before. What this response will be, they won't say. But this meeting was their chance to send a warning to North Korea that a test won't be tolerated. Though privately, officials admit their options to punish North Korea are limited, with both China and Russia expected to veto more sanctions at the UN. 
There are reports that Iranian security forces have opened fire on protesters in Sarkez, the hometown of Masa Amini, who died in custody last month. Hengor, the Norwegian-based rights group, says tear gas has also been used against crowds gathered by her grave to mark 40 days since Ms Amini's death. BBC's Mike Thompson reports. Security forces in Sarkez had been stepping up their presence as crowds grew in the city's cemetery in West Kurdistan. The Hengor rights group says that with tensions mounting, they fired live ammunition and tear gas against the protesters. There are no reports yet of casualties. Despite the mounting security presence, mourners defiantly shouted, Death to the dictator! Activists say the 40-day anniversary since Masa Amini's death has also sparked fresh protests elsewhere in Iran, including at universities in Tehran, Mashhad and the southwestern city of Arvaz. The Iranian state news agency Erna said the enemy and its media were trying to use the 40-day anniversary as a pretext to cause new tensions, but that the situation in the province was completely stable. Germany has approved Costco's purchase of nearly 25% in a terminal in Hamburg, the country's largest port. It's less than the 35% stake that the Chinese shipping giant had wanted and does not give it any say in management or strategic decisions. Compromise was negotiated a week before. Chancellor Olaf Scholz is due to travel to the mainland. The experience of being too dependent on Russian gas has changed the German government's attitude towards strategic foreign investments. Sport now and Minas Island have pulled off another huge upset at the T20 World Cup, stunning world number two England with a fine bowling display in a rain-affected match at the MCG. The result means hosts Australia, Sri Lanka, Ireland and England all now have one win and one loss in Group A. Mike Weeks reports. After being sent into bat, Ireland captain Andy Balburney smashed 62 to lead his team to 92 for one off 10 overs before a mid-order collapse saw them all out for 157 with four balls remaining. But England struggled to find any momentum in reply, slumping to 29 for three with just one boundary in the first five overs as the Irish bowlers found pace and movement. 18 minutes were lost to rain at the start of the game and the players were taken off again with England on 105 for five after 14 and a half overs just as Moeen Ali was getting into his stride. That put them five runs behind on the DLS scoring method and gave Ireland a famous victory when the game was called off a few minutes later. And of our top story tonight, the Health Secretary again announces the annulment of 20,000 vaccine exemption certificates after the law is changed to give him the power to do so. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist, your voice is calling. Tis twilight time. When purple-colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. Here in Hong Kong, Wednesday's just about done and dusted. And welcome to Twilight Time, 45 minutes of music just to kick back and relax to, especially if you've had a hard day. And if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. A good selection through to midnight. And the first one for your entertainment is a track from the Harp Tones. Together, last Twilight Time. Will you take part? 
Oh, oh, oh. 